general nerdery. So we're doing something we've never actually done on this show before in that we're recording the first half of the episode, going to go watch Shang-Chi, the second half of the episode, and then coming back and talking about it. So I'm going into this with, like, no idea of what I think of our overall episode thing. Mm -hmm. But the important part of this story is nothing has ever made me feel so old in my life as the fact that I thought, oh, the movie's at seven and then I'm recording afterwards. Better buy a coffee to make sure that I'm awake through the whole thing. <laughs> I know it's because I work mornings and get up at four in the morning, but it's right. like, oh, Jesus, I need to buy a walker. <laughs> at least it wasn't me saying that. I'm used to saying Yeah, you that. work nice. Um, welcome to General Nerdery, a podcast about liking thing. We're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And as mentioned, we will be watching Shang-Chi. I'm excited. I'm actually super excited. I've heard good things. Also, I just haven't been... I've been to the movie theater, but only the Roxy, mm. which is admittedly, it's our local nonprofit. It's like my favorite movie theater we have, but it's not the big tentpole, full screen, right. horseshit movie theaters that I like <laughs> despise but love at the same time. There's, yeah, and we're... We're auditorium for, we're like one of the big ones. Okay, you yeah. bought the ticket, so I have no idea of what I'm going into. I'm just like, well. I mean, like they're not going to put the Marvel movie on one of their big screens. I'm just that. really used to going in and seeing it in one of their smaller theaters. Oh, because it's the weird little horror movie that yeah. you're going to. Yeah. Um, I pretty much only go to these theaters for Star Wars movies anymore, so that'll be a nice. I'm seeing a superhero movie immediately. I still have Immediately-ish. We're a week out. It took me like four years to watch the Avengers. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> we made a two episode series on the show, mostly to make fun of me for doing that. And I'm glad you're caught up. I, Ish. No, I still haven't seen the second Spider-Man. He's my favorite hero. On that note, what have we been ingesting this week? A whole shit ton of Hades. Yeah, that's sort of taken over your life. I, well, I I finally beat it this weekend. Oh, okay. Um, beat the story. There's... I'm trying to... There's more side stories. Mm -hmm. It's not even necessarily side quests. It's just other it, things you can find and learn. Yeah, other things you can find and learn and, like, deepen your relationship with some of the other characters. And there is, like, an epilogue that is immediately hinted at as soon as you technically beat the story. Mm -hmm. It's not like the story ends. There's very much parts to still get into. And so I'm I'm sort of doing that a little bit more now, although now that I finally... I'm not at a very high heat yet for, like, post-beating it sort of thing, but I'm probably going to switch back to Valhalla pretty hard in, like, the upcoming... Not next week. I still have to work this next week, but I'm looking at some time off here soon. And so I'm... When that happens, I'm going to go hard back into Valhalla to, to finish up the DLC and stuff. That should be fun. Yeah. Rare, I actually have a few this week that I had thoughts on. Um, very rarely for me, I actually put in a lot of time into a video game. Oh, shit. Uh, and I remembered why I don't do that very often, because I played for 11 hours straight... Hell yeah. Oh, it was fucking amazing. It was, I finished Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Mm. And I went from 25% completed to 98% completed, getting up to, like, pee and get a beer at one point. Yeah. I had so many things buddy. I was supposed to do that day. Um, it feels so good sometimes, though, doesn't oh, it? I, I loved it. 
it is not as good as the first Spider-Man game, but the reasons I don't think it's as good is in like not really anything they could have done about. Okay. That's a weird thing to say, but part of what makes the first Spider-Man game, and I don't remember, have you played either of these? I haven't yet. I'm planning on within the next two years getting a PlayStation just to catch up on some of these exclusive titles. Yeah, I'm going to get a PlayStation 5 just for Spider-Man 2, which we'll talk about in a bit. I'm mad about it. But part of what was so good about the first Spider-Man game is it owns the history of Peter Parker in ways that I have never seen successfully done in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like just the sheer amount of little pieces of information that I'm like, oh, I kind of know what that is. Like you're doing it in your own way. But, you know, I read the comic that that's based off of or like, oh, my God, I'm getting not just the Scarlet Spider outfit with like the hoodie that they hide in every game, but the fucking second Scarlet Spider, like Kane is Scarlet, you know, oh, all yeah, the, okay. the deep lore history. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they're doing fucking spider punk. <laughs> Miles doesn't have that collection of alternate costumes. He's too new of a character. Yes. So they actually do a decent job but they're all pretty similar and they had to make up about half of them. Uh, and they were interesting. They were cool. But like, as they, soon as I got the into the spider verse costume, I did not change costumes again until I beat the game in the first Spider-Man game. I can go about 15 minutes before I swap to another amazing Peter Parker. Go like, okay, it's time to look like this. I'm one. Like, oh man, I love being 2099, but also fuck this other costume is really cool. Mm. The only costume that beats into the Spider-Verse you get after you beat the game where you put a cat that you rescued earlier in the game in a backpack and he wears a little Spider-Man half mask and you fly, uh, you web around the city with Spider-Cat like reacting to the stuff that you're doing out of it. The backpack. Okay. And it's the cutest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but the game is really good. It feels very different from Spider-Man while still being... Spider-Man, like just the entire way Miles moves. A little glitchy, but I don't know if that's just because I was playing the PS4 version. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's possible. Um, fucking great game. Hell yeah. And then I mentioned this to you when I walked in. Today and yesterday, I listened to the five-part last podcast on the left series about Jonestown, which is about 10 hours of listening to the history of Jim Jones including audio because turns out I didn't know shit about Jonestown other than Kool-Aid. Yeah, Kool-Aid. Yeah. Um, I did not know there were hours and hours of audio of this cult self-destructing and then literally dying. And like, I finished that and was like, Oh my God, I have to go sit down. <laughs> like and credit to them. I wasn't sure how they were going to land this because I like that show. But it's like 50% dick fart <laughs> pussy jokes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, they have recordings of people dying. You can't, they will come out as the world's greatest monsters if they do not like navigate that part correctly. And credit to them during the point of the actual like yeah. end, not a single joke is made until they have gotten through the entire story. Mm. And then you can sell to making a couple of jokes that aren't even that funny, but everyone's laughing because they're like, oh, my God. Oh, I just need something after that. Right. Um, I highly recommend it. 
I am not going to listen to it again for a while. And as soon as the episode ended, I went to the most like popcorn fluff podcast I have just being like, just tell me happy things for a little while. (laughs) Awesome. I had something else, but I can't remember what it is. Like, I swear I did something else besides play Hades. Like that hasn't been my entire life, but I can't think of what right now. As a general rule, you can assume that I've read a fuck ton of comic books and I just have to be like, all right, which of the like 50 have I not talked about before on this series? I'm still crawling through the new X stuff. I've, I probably finished like three or four uh, different comics through this past week, but it wasn't as much as I was intending. It was one of those things where I kept like sitting down and starting to read and then I'd get distracted. Yeah, I had a lot of that. Um, I'm still really, oh, I'm still really digging all of it though. That's a funny kind of embarrassing one. I picked up a manga knowing it was pervy, mm-hmm. like going in being aware that this is a pervy. I've been doing pinups lately, so I'm a little more appreciative of like pervy mm-hmm. art lately. But I thought it was going to be like Food Wars, but superheroes. And it was so much pervier than that. And I mean, it wasn't porn. But it was whatever you want. Yeah. But like, there's that line. Yeah. And I was reading it and I was like, just fuck. Just be honest that you want to be doing a porn <laughs> comic and make this. Because honestly, it would be better at that point. Because then it would at least be able to be like fully be, true to what it is. I was about to say, it'd be actually being honest with itself it, at that point. Oh, it's very honest with it. It's called Super... And it's kind of still pronounced heroes, but it's spelled H X E R O S. So it's heroes okay. and like eros and like zero. I don't gotcha. know. Gotcha. A okay. couple of things. And it is literally about sexy supers. Heroes whose powers are formed by how horny they are. <laughs> aliens have like aliens are invading the earth and they're just trying to take away everybody's like lust. Yeah, yeah. But it's also kind of making people kind of like brain dead and boring beyond just like the bone zone. Okay. So a weird half dressed dude in a trench coat, lab coat, not trench coat, still creepy, uh, just has recorded recruited five horny teenagers. As it's like do. Power Rangers, but powered by being horny, and they don't have the cool costumes. Mm, okay. The aliens are still kind of cool, but they're just fucking teenagers. Yeah. It's not great manga. I'm probably going to keep reading it because it is just hilarious. I'm not proud of myself, but here's where we're at. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Let's see. So not a standard news week Mm -mm. this week because we're going to go watch a movie. So what do you do before you watch a movie? Is you watch the trailers. I'm actually curious if we're going to get back and be like, okay, we're going to talk about Shang-Chi, but we have to talk about this fucking trailer first. Honestly, uh, it's probably going to be a couple of the same trailers. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We might have more thoughts then. Um, yeah. What do we want to start with here? We went with Hawkeye just dropped today, the day we're recording yes. this. So let's start there. Uh, Hawkeye did, trailer just dropped. Did not expect it to be a Christmas movie TV show. Yeah, me either. Um, all everything leading up to this moment, all the information that has dropped about it was indicating that it was going to be pretty heavy Matt Fraction Hawkeye. 
I didn't realize it was going to be this heavy, this Matt, heavy. <laughs> Matt Fraction Hawkeye. I had suspicion because we knew Kate Bishop was going to be coming in, and that was the comic where those two started actually like interacting yes. with each other and creating a way better team-up than you ever like mm-hmm. would have expected. But yeah, it's... What if it was movie Hawkeye during Christmas? But other than that, it's just the Matt Fraction run. Down to all the fucking bros. The bros, the pizza dog, the pizza dog's adorable. Um, and Matt Fraction run is the best Hawkeye story of all time. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. I've never read one that tops it. What has been your opinion of Hawkeye in the movies up to this point? I don't care. It's kind of where I'm at. There's a portion of the fan community that fucking loves Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. And like, that's great. I'm really glad it connects with people. I don't understand why. Yeah, me either. He's fine. He does the occasional action one-liner pretty well. He has very little to do with any version of Hawkeye we've ever seen. Because he's not the kind of womanizing piece of shit that every archer is in comic books. Mm -hmm. But he's also not... Ultimate Hawkeye was really weird. Because he was super murder-happy. Mm. it's where they introduce the family, but I think his family gets murdered and he just sucks from that. Like he's just unpleasant to be around from that point on. Right. No version of Hawkeye has ever really been the same. So it's kind of like, huh, I wonder if you're going to actually land on a Hawkeye that I like care about for once. So far, these Disney shows have been doing a good job of that. There was a shit ton of people that, did not give a solitary fuck about Wanda. I did not. Or Vision. And that show is so always, far the best of them. I always cared more about Vision just because I've always really liked the Vision because he's just like the quintessential goofy 70s Avenger character. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I get you. And it looked fun. It looked good. The We're back to Hawkeye. Yeah. 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 I don't have too many thoughts about it because it's. I him. I kind of think it's setting up for maybe Kate. kind of a tragic end for Clint, though. Yeah, he did promise his kids he'll be home for Christmas a few too many times mm-hmm. in this trailer. It does run the risk of that scene in Black Dynamite where the one character's like, oh, man, like, I'm going to move to the country and farm. There's going to be trees. And, like, he gets shot and everyone goes, who saw that coming? I mean, who saw where that came from? <laughs> God, Black Dynamite is good. At the very least, there's going to be some passing of the baton. Yeah. Which, yes, good. I fucking love Kate. Kate's a better character than Clint. Yeah. She just is. Sorry. Not sorry at all. Also, I've brought this up before. There have been kind of... I have not seen very many fucking news sites touch on this at all. Every single one of these shows have been introducing another one of the Young Avengers. Yeah, because we already had... The only one that hasn't so far is What If, and... And What If is kind of its own thing in a lot of ways. It doesn't have to, and there's still episodes to go, so they still might. I would not be the least bit surprised if What If introduced Iron Lad. Well, and... Oh, yeah, with... Or Loki season two, because Kang. Mm-hmm. Or fucking Ant-Man Quantumania. Yeah. Which is Kang as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but we already have Stature or Stinger, uh, Ant-Man's kid. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we got moments of Billy and Tommy, Speed and Wiccan. We didn't get Patriot in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but we did get his grandfather. Well, he's in it. Oh, is he? Yeah. He, okay. He lives with his grandfather. He's the one that keeps like answering the door. Eli is my favorite version of the Patriot, which is, you could tell I'm deep into comics that I have opinions on <laughs> which is the best version of Patriot. Patriot? But I really like Eli, so that's, I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. God, I just love all of the Young Avengers. And we got Kid Loki. We Loki. got Kid Loki, that costume's fucking great. Um, and they're not Young Avengers, but it'd be so easy to work them in. We have Miss Marvel coming up and something mm -hmm. else soon, and Ironheart is coming out and something. Um, She's getting her own series, I think. Oh, I think you might be right. But I, yeah, they're like Ironheart for sure is coming up. And yeah, there's yeah, both. Miss Marvel's is or in no, the Marvels. Marvels. The Marvels. Thank you. And um, fucking. Is the, Ironheart going to be its own series or is she going to be in something else? I think it's its own series. But to be honest, Marvel's announced so many series that I just kind of go, oh, yeah, I heard they were making that. Ironheart one. might be also in the Marvels. I'm not positive. On Still that, cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't know if they have a plan for the Young Avengers yet, but I'm excited that we're probably... They're setting it up. We're getting some form of the Young Avengers, and we're getting some form of either the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts, depending on which name they decide to go with. And it, Both no matter, pieces are fucking sweet. I was about to say, <laughs> no matter which name they go with, it's almost for sure going to be a combination of the two ideas. Oh, yeah. Um, What trailer do we want to do next? Uh, dude, I've been super hyped actually on that Matrix Resurrections trailer all week. Yeah, I thought about it a lot. I realized I'm getting a little tired of a classic rock song played slowly over trailers anymore, but also it really works for this one with the number of like. With the fact that the White Rabbit was tied in to begin with. First, yeah. There's so many callbacks to the original Matrix in this trailer without trying to ape the feel of the first Matrix movie. We mm -hmm. talked about this a little bit before, like while we were watching the trailer. I love the the first Matrix, the leather pants and the black trench coat and the other than the leather pants. I tried to dress like that for a couple of years because we all did back then. Yeah. The trench coat, the black trench coat does not work on people for the most part in real life. But, you know, like a bunch of black elsewhere does. But it wouldn't work in 2021. It would feel hokey as fuck. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, <laughs> so, uh, current Keanu, uh -huh. facial hair, long hair, is probably more what he should have looked like as just like an underground computer hacker in the first one to begin with. He was a very pretty underground computer hacker. You're not wrong. <laughs> but Although that was also he, how we viewed hackers in like 1999. He was having to keep that uh, day job at the office. And he was a little pale and pasty still. Yeah. Like he, I mean, he was still Keanu fucking Reeves, but like. They were, they were more playing off him having been Johnny Mnemonic at that point. Oh, I mean. It was far from his biggest role by that point, but it was like his last big sci-fi role. Mm -hmm. I kind of love that it looks kind of like a reboot because reboot is kind of a computer thing. Mm -hmm. It actually tracks. Like there's moments that line up, but you can tell that they're being used 
differently. And Matrix is one of the only ones that I think they might be able to pull this off. Like, the Terminator tried this, and it was fucking awful. Mm -hmm. But with the Matrix and being a computer program, it makes sense. So from what you saw in it, what do you think is going on? Because I think the machines plugged him back in. That is definitely the thing I've been going on under the assumption of. Mind you, I never saw the third Matrix movie, so I only sort of know. okay. Now, they have not mentioned the sequels at all in the advertisements. There is definitely an argument being made that two and three are just being ignored. ignored. Which is a kind of a neat trend that's happening across a, a bunch of franchises, more on the horror side lately. The ones that didn't work, we'll just ignore. Uh, I mean, Highlander kept trying that until they found something that sort of worked. Mm-hmm. Never really, but... Uh, but, like, the new Candyman ignores two and three. And the new Halloween franchise is based off the same thing. It ignores everything past number one. And it's amazing. I'm back and forth because a lot of times those are decent movies that are just admitting there was some shit in between that no one really wants to deal with. Superman Returns, which is its own movie that no one really wants to deal with, did the same fucking thing. For some reason, it bothers me with The Matrix, and I can't put my finger on why. I do have weird feelings about that still being Morpheus, but not being Lawrence Fishburne. It would fit with... I mean, I think it's going to be... A reboot idea, kind of. If he's plugged back in... So what I'm thinking is going on is, like, they said that this isn't... Like, the last time we watched The Matrix, it wasn't even the first Matrix. The machines had tried it before, and it kept failing for various reasons. And it went over, like, a hundred times or something Mm -hmm. like that, yeah. So I think this time they found their anomaly, managed to capture him, plugged plugged him back in, and are keeping him docile and sort of turning the Matrix around him so that it can't fail. Yeah, he clearly... And so I think there still needs to be things to prod his memory in the right way to keep him docile. And so that being a program, Morpheus, might make sense. I definitely don't think that uh, he's going to break out nearly as fast as he did in the first Matrix movie, where, I mean, it's... What, the first, like, God, I haven't watched that. But it's within the first, like, quarter of the movie that he gets out of the Matrix. Yeah, they unplug him. Yeah. I think that's going to be much later in this movie. That might even be towards, like, the end. I don't know, though. Like, everything was hard to tell on this, but. It is a first trailer for a a new movie. Like, they don't tell you. For a Matrix movie. (laughs) They'd. They don't tell you shit, and in a lot of ways, these are the best trailers, but they're also absolutely the hardest to talk about on a podcast. Agreed. Uh, what was? What else did we see? Uh, Spider-Man 2, the video game trailer. The first half of that trailer, with Craven doing the voiceover, well, makes we're pretty me sure it's Craven doing. <laughs> far, far more excited than Venom popping up at the end. I only have three thoughts about this movie, or this trailer, in order. One, some of the moves we were seeing Spider or uh, Peter and Miles doing together looked fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. And the idea of working, because in Miles Morales, Peter is out of town. And you're like looking after New York for the first time while Peter's gone. Okay. So you don't 
have in either of those movie or either of those games a time where both of them are working together. And if they do that right, that's going to be a super cool dynamic in this game. Two, 100% need that to be Craven the Hunter with the lion vest that he wears. It's awful, but like he doesn't work if you take away the ridiculous lion vest. Right. Extra points if it shoots lasers out of his nipple eyes. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm a traditionalist with Craven. The idea that they even momentarily were going to convince us that Craven was going to be the big villain. I'm like, well, no, but please try. Uh, and then Venom. I mean, we know my opinions of Venom. They've been building up for Venom since the first game. Cool. The thing I'm most excited about is we will finally get the black suit Spider-Man suit as one of the alternate suits. Because it wasn't in the first game. Okay. Because the Venom symbiote hadn't hit yet. So they wanted to save that for the, like, the moment. Okay. Which, sweet. Not a big Venom fan. Love the black suit Spider-Man costume. That'll be sweet. I'll be, I'm excited that it's still a little ways away so that I can get a PlayStation in the meantime. Yeah. PlayStation 5s might be available by 2023 when they come out or when this game comes out. Okay, then we watched a couple of Star Trek trailers because it was Star Trek Day, apparently. Because I guess Star Trek Day exists now. Um, Sure. I think it's the day the first Star Trek episode came out. But we also have First Contact Day, us Star Trek nerds, which is in April, Mm -hmm. which is just a random date mentioned in uh, Star Trek First Contact that all of us have been like, that's the day! Uh, April 14th. That's what I always think um, of as first contact day. When I heard Star Trek day, I was like, what I was like, it's not April. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but cool. I mean, I love Star Trek. They announced a bunch of stuff. They announced the cast for Star Trek, strange new worlds. Literally. The only thing to glean from that is one of the characters has the last name of Noonien Singh, which is the name of Khan of Star Trek wrath of Khan fame. And I'm like, wait, hold the fuck up. You got to answer some questions. If, Spock is working with Anunian Singh years before he ever meets Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? Star Trek's been really good the last couple of years, so bring it at me. We watched Star Trek Picard Season 2 trailer. Um, never did finish watching Season 1. I've but only this... seen the first episode of Season 1. I'm going to say I the trailer had me really interested. Like, there's a lot of really cool, interesting shit going on in the trailer. I'm not sure from that trailer if it's enough for a season. It seemed like a really good long movie to me. Like a good two or three parter. Yeah. The things that have me excited. Mm -hmm. One, John Delancey is back as Q. I'm really back and forth on what I think of Q, but I think John Delancey has always done an amazing job as Q. And he looks just so happy to be back. Uh, Yeah, that was pretty great. And two... I mean, beyond the fact that it's Patrick Stewart, I'm going to fucking be into it. I know Guinan is coming back. This okay. season, Whoopi Goldberg has mm-hmm. already agreed to be returning this season. I think he's going to track her down in the 21st century. Oh, okay. Because they have an episode where we find out she was on Earth in, like, Mark Twain times. Mm. And their Mark Twain actor is awful, but it's amazing. Probably not the worst Mark Twain I've ever seen. <sighs> No, but he mostly shouts, which, I mean, he's playing Mark Twain. Um, 
considering Vanilla Ice once played Mark Twain. Holy shit, what? <laughs> that sounds so bad. Although, to be fair to Vanilla Ice, he doesn't even try to play him straight. He plays him completely anachronistically. Wise. Uh, oh, the Star Trek timeline with the way that they are showing the 21st century is so hopelessly borked in the sp- period between like 1980 and about 2050 mm-hmm. that it just blows the mind. Because Khan, Nooney, and Singh took over most of the world in the 90s. Okay. That is established Star Trek lore that they have never changed. They've never just like, and Star Trek lore has always been a little loose. Mm-hmm. But then also in the 90s, Voyager travels back in time, meets Sarah Silverman, not as Sarah Silverman, but she's the actress. So that's just what okay. I think. It's the Sarah Silverman episodes. Yeah. That is like just in the 90s as is. And in original continuity, what is leading up to like, major societal collapse in World War III, they just have as, like, 2021, which I know arguably is the same fucking thing, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. you guys had uh, uh, a genetically modified man take over 80% of the world and then escape in a sleeper rocket. All of this looks weirdly chill still for, like... (laughs) (laughs) For that having had happen. Yeah, for that, like... (laughs) This isn't, like... An alien encounter happened, a weird whale lady disappeared, and history was largely unchanged. That's a huge deviation. You know what crew I think could make it make sense? The crew on the USS Cerritos. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Absolutely not. It'd be fun to watch, though. Uh, Which is our, we watched Lower Deck, uh, second half of the season trailer. Looks great. Looks great. I don't have much anything to say about this. Still looks fantastic. Still looks like one of my favorite shows to watch. I'm, having a, I'm just having so much fun with Lower Decks. Like every episode is so in love with Star Trek and the area of Star Trek that I am equally in love, like disturbingly in love with while still being willing to like make jokes about it and do be like, God, it was fucking goofy. The season's been really good. That's mm-hmm. all I kind of have on that. That does bring us to our final, I think this is our final trailer, at least final Star Trek trailer. We watched the newest, the final trailer for Star Trek Prodigy, which is the new animated Star Trek that's coming out on Nickelodeon. Yo, so I knew there was going to be an animated Star Trek on Nickelodeon. I didn't know it was going to look like a fucking masterwork of animation. Yeah. This is... Like, this is like how to train your fucking dragon sort of shit, except crazy sci-fi Star Trek. The thing that I didn't expect or the, to think about because it looks nothing like it was I keep thinking of Avatar The Last Airbender while watching it mm. because it was the other time that Nickelodeon put out a show of animation that was such of a high quality that everyone's like, this is the same one that gave us Ren and Stimpy and SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> like, I know there's a dedicated population of SpongeBob SquarePants, but it is not like wildly detailed action right. animation, which is so hard to do prettily. And both of these are in the, it's so fucking gorgeous, Tyler. I'm, I'm excited by everything I saw in that fucking trailer. It does seem like there's going to be parts of it that are going to be intentionally geared younger, but mm. parts of that trailer 
also hinted that they're not going to be afraid to like throw the, some shit at those characters. So too. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, uh, which is actually fine. I there's going to be those nerds, and we yell at those nerds for a lot of things, but they're like, "Oh, it's too kiddie. It's a fucking Star Trek kids show." If you want the franchise to continue, we have to bring in younger people. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a kid show. Also, a good all ages show is fantastic. I'm like a thousand times more excited to try it out than I was before watching that trailer. Same here. Also, Jason Mantazukas. Yeah. Oh, Zooks. <laughs> I'm all over it for Zooks. Less exciting for you, but Kate Mulgrew being back as a version of Captain Janeway. Yo, I dug her in uh, Orange is the New Black. I just never watched any of her in Star I just Trek. really love Janeway a lot. Especially since I started drinking coffee and went, oh, you're very relatable now. <laughs> um, that takes place three years. I looked this up in the timeline after the beginning of Lower Decks. Mm. So theoretically, we could meet the Cerritos on that. We won't. It would be a bizarre choice. It'd be so fucking funny. How the fuck would you translate the like Lower Decks style of animation into fucking... <laughs> I just... Just have even one of them show up. Bradward. <laughs> Bradward. Or fucking, I mean, I mean how really many, the how many, would be Mariner, I was about to say, how many different ships is Mariner supposed to have been on? She's been all over the place. Shax, just have it be Shax. Have them meet the most psychotic officer in Starfleet. Shax would be fucking funny. Oh my God. Or how, you said a couple of years before Cerritos? No, after. Oh, after. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Cerritos is in 2380, I believe, and that's in, like, 2383? I was going to hope it was going to be the other way around, because they could have ran into uh, a young Tendi and sent her towards fucking Starfleet. That'd be fucking good. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to see more. Actually, Tendi's probably the character that would interact best with what we saw oh, from absolutely. those characters on screen. <laughs> a bunch of traumatized orphans trying to escape a space warlord? Yeah, Tendi is who you want talking to them. Not Mariner or Bradward. Um, or Shax. Or Shax. <laughs> Although Shax would do a good job of defending them, I would imagine. <laughs> Possibly my favorite joke of the first season is Shax is always asking to go for the most violent option. And then in the final episode, he's like flying around shooting things and suicide driving a, a shuttle into something to blow it up. And he's just screaming, this is the greatest day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so good. Um, oh, shacks. I would love to see, even if it's not Tendi, I would love to see more of the Orions. Oh, yeah. Because they're mentioned a lot over the years, and they're almost never actually shown, because we've never been known what to do with the people who are best known for the Orion slave woman doing her sexy green lady dance. Right. And then Enterprise making it worse by finally reintroducing them, and it's like, it's okay, she's not a slave. They control all men with their pheromones, so they're actually the secret tyrant masters. And I was like, why did you think that was a better choice? I don't know that I knew that that happened. Yeah, because we don't really like to talk about it as a fandom. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But what little we've seen of Tendi's past does a pretty good job of taking like both of those and admitting how like weird and uncomfortable some of the Orion stories are while still making them a real part of the Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. So I want 
more of that. Yeah, that little bit of attendees past episode was kind of interesting. It was a lot of fun. Oh my god, we'll we'll do a Star Trek Lower Deck season two episode at some point. Just wait for the season to finish first. Yeah, you know, not what we did for Lower Deck season one and did half of it and called it good. Yeah. Um, oh shit, was that all the trailers? We also watched Last Night in Soho, but I don't have anything to say about that. I'm super excited to see Edgar Wright doing something that does not look hardly comedic at all. That will be interesting. I do have one thing to say about it. People who have played the Doctor play the best fucking villains. Yeah, Matt Smith looks like he's fucking killing it, dude. He he looks terrifying in this. I I think there are legitimate arguments to be made for Edgar Wright possibly being one of the best filmmakers alive today. So I'm fucking like, I'm on the edge of my seat to see this. Not quite where that sentence was going where I thought, but like, I was like, Oh, he's going to say that Edgar Wright should run the next season of Dr. Who, which he absolutely should, <laughs> but it's never going to happen. No, no. Um, no, he, all of those movies are masterpieces. You can find new details in every single one of his movies. Every time you watch it as someone whose favorite Edgar Wright project is still probably spaced. That's so interesting to think about. And spaced is a fucking weird little sitcom masterpiece, mm -hmm. but like it is as good as it is. I never would have guessed. We would say the showrunner is one of the most gifted filmmakers, arguably of all time, depending on <laughs> like, if he's the best in the business right now, he's one of the best ever. I think a lot of people don't immediately think about him. But, but no, when you think right. of the way his films are constructed, how intricately the dialogue and the editing and when the I use first, of every bit of filmmaking. When I first watched Hot Fuzz, I was kind of disappointed. And then the like more time went on, the more I have liked it. And now I might like it more than Shaun of the Dead. Mm. Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are the two Edgar Wright movies I've watched a bunch. I World's Ends might be my favorite. I think it's my least favorite, but like I said that about hot. I was literally just saying I didn't like hot fuzz that much the first time I watched it. So who knows? Those, those flicks hit in a really special way when you watch them all back to back to back. Too. Yeah, I could see that. There's some really like resonant weird for the, for what's actually being shown in the movies. There's some like weird themes that like, I think most people can relate to about just the weird feeling of growing up and trying to go back home. And like trying to confront the fact that like things are different now that that you're grown. In World's End specifically, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and the first one's kind of about growing up, and the second one's kind of about chilling out. Like first one's be serious, second one's chill out, third one is like you can't ever quite go back. Anyway, I think that's that's it. I think that's it. We will see you guys. I mean, for you guys, it's gonna be like thirty seconds, but for us, we'll see you in a few hours. Yeah. So mad that they tried to make Razor Fist cool. Yo, I'm gonna argue by the end, Razor Fist was a little cool. My grudge against he had, is missing a hand but has a knife or gun or whatever there now and is now more dangerous as a fighter will never die. With the possible exception of Angry 90 Pirate Aquaman with his harpoon hand. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we just got back from Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, apparently. Shang-Chi. I have been um, mispronouncing that for 20 years. 
from this moment forward, here there be spoilers. If you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it, I really recommend it. Yes, absolutely. I enjoyed this a lot more than I think I thought I was going to. Yes. Like and I'm this gonna, like checks off a couple boxes for me. I'm not gonna have. I'm not going to really rate this on how it sits on my Marvel scale until I sit on it for a couple days. But upper half at the worst, I think mm-hmm. is where I would put it. If you don't want spoilers, stop now. Agreed. Um, yeah, we already said short versions were loved. It more into it then, I guess. Shang Chi needs the fucking rings in the comics. Oh now. yeah, no, I looked at you in the theaters. Went, how long do you think till he gets them? Like. In any minute, because they're fucking dope. I, the entire time that I was watching him move and fight with the rings, I'm like, this taps a couple of like the what I want to see in superhero, mm-hmm. like boxes. Because I have been designing a superhero that is like super heavy. I love just punch based superheroes, like right. boxing heroes, and then some power that comes out of hand that they can use to like launch themselves. Love that style. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was so fucking cool. So you were talking about the fight choreography. How does it sit? How does it sit? Um, okay. It was, I mean, the choreography was really good. I There's some specifics of choreography that I'm like, I'm not the best at. I just know what looks cool and what doesn't look cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as, like, the fight editing to go along with the choreography, it was, ex- especially for a Marvel movie, very well done. When you're going for a martial arts movie, you need long takes. Like, you need to see... Part of the reason you're there is for the action. And you need to actually see the move and not do, like, jump cuts to dodge. And so there weren't a lot of true oneers in this. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot of simulated where, yes, they took, like... I don't know. Honestly, in a couple of those, like a couple of those 30 second segments might have actually been composed of 20 cuts. Okay. But they blended it with CG in between while the camera is moving around. Enough that you're, I mean, so I didn't notice it. So, so not it that still I would, looks but... like a one cut and you're still following the action the entire way. Okay, as opposed to like jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. You know they're punching, right. but we're not. And there's times, it. there's times to do that, and the movie does do that a little it's bit a here movie, and there. Gonna... But because doing things like that also increase like uh, the feeling of like being frantic and like mm-hmm. on edge and stuff. So there's times to do that stylistically, and it used it in those times. But there's also it let the choreography breathe, like you got to see what the focus of the action was. Uh, it was fucking, I loved it. Like, it was great. We only got it very briefly, but we got the required bright neon light in the background, and you're just seeing the, like, what's that fucking word? When you can, ju- the the silhouette of two people fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of surprised that, like, his first fight against his sister, I guess only fight against his sister, was so reminiscent of Ongbok. Since that is a uh, Thai movie and not uh, like Kung Fu or Chinese martial arts movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it is a very reminiscent of Ong Bak, but that's 
Not exactly something to hold against it, because... Ongbok's uh, supposed to be pretty fucking yeah, good. Yeah, Ongbok's amazing, and Ongbok 2 is one of my favorite martial arts movies, so... Do you know if Simu Liu actually knows any martial arts, or... The only thing I know of him other than this is a Canadian sitcom. I, I honestly have no idea. I liked him. I actually liked him quite a bit. Um, and Aquafina, I mm-hmm. don't... Obviously, I know who Aquafina is, but I don't think I'd ever seen her act in anything before. And even though, from what I can tell, Aquafina mostly plays Aquafina, I don't care. It worked. She was charming. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I've heard the name, of course, for a few years now since she like really burst on the scene, but hadn't really seen her in anything. I've uh, seen the My Pussy music video mm. that she made that like really put her, kind of put her on the map. Mm-hmm. But good jump from that to fucking Crazy Rich Asians to her own TV show. And, like, I don't know. She seems to be doing... They were more reserved with the wire effects than I thought they were going to be uh, based from the trailers. So that made me happy. Her mom. Mostly. Their mom yeah. did a lot of wire effects. And, and even then, honestly, the, there's there's still even different ways to do wire effects Mm -hmm. and they did a lot more of what I like to see with it where you see mostly the beginning and the end and there's a cut in between and you're not actually seeing a lot of the weird flying so you really don't like the crouching tiger hidden dragon it has its place okay um I appreciate it more than I like it if that makes sense I get that um I get what it's I get what it's trying to do 90% 90% of my connection to wire uh, effects is um, Crouching Tiger and Dragon. Mm-hmm. So, and that Forbidden Kingdom movie, which is fun in a su- stupid way. Yeah. Ooh, I did like Forbidden Kingdom. But Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. Fuck. So, I am trying to think. I realized as I started putting on this movie that this is the first time that I have watched a Marvel movie where I went, you know, upon reflection, I don't really know dick about this character. Right, you lent me that one trade. Uh, the most recent one written by Gene Lin Yang, which I will mention because you should always be reading anything Gene Lin Yang writes. And it was good. good. Uh, I honestly, um, I kind of think the end of this one sets up to where they could do a version of something like that. That would make sense. So Shang-Chi, created by... Jim Starlin, who is one of the great comic book creators of all time, best known for creating Thanos, was originally created pretty much as Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. because Bruce Lee films were really popular. From what I understand, large parts of this are unique creations. He's not the son of the Mandarin, for example. They mixed the Mandarin with Wang Wu, who was the recreation, because, uh, I think, recreation... Because uh, originally he was the son of Fu Manchu, like the character. But Marvel lost the rights on that, and Fu Manchu is also just not a widely held, like, positively held character anymore. Yeah. Because he was the yellow peril to, like, the nth degree. When, uh, what did you say? His, I I couldn't ever remember. What did you say his father's name is? I believe the in character. this one it's Wang Wu. Wen Wu. Yeah, that sounds right. Again, forgive all of my Montana accent kicking in here really hard because I can hear it. Um, there's that part like when they are first having all dinner together mm-hmm. and he says what a, a bunch of the things he's been called through the years. 
are those all titles that are usually associated with Fu Manchu or with Wen Wu's reinvention of... The one that stuck out to me was... The, the, did he say the Great Khan? Maybe. He did some kind of Khan. Now, it is really popular with the various Marvel Asian leader stereotypes, the Mandarin, the Yellow Claw, stuff like that, mm-hmm. to imply that they're Genghis Khan or the descendant of Genghis Khan or somehow connected to the Great Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they were trying to imply that directly here, but it's been done before, uh, Mandarin, Yellowclaw. That actually makes me think, the Mandarin has a son. The Mandarin has a son whose name I cannot remember and Wikipedia is not telling me as I'm <laughs> looking here, uh, who kind of got blended with Shang for okay. this movie to kind of combine the two of them, which is okay, because honestly, both characters are pretty cool. So this was something that stuck out to me. I don't know if it did to you. Do you think they're the the repetition of the the idea of having the power of the dragon heart was them was that them winkingly going, We're not gonna go with Iron Fist now that we're setting up Shang-Chi? Yeah, I think so. Or like if we do Iron Fist, we're gonna connect it to Shang-Chi because we know it didn't fucking work before. Mm-hmm. We're going to wait a bit. Maybe then we'll bring in Danny Rand. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Iron As a Fist. sidekick to Shang-Chi. Oh, Iron Fist, you tried so hard. And what about didn't... Iron Fist as a sidekick? I mean, he already well, sort of kind of is, is but, but yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. What I caught here is how much they were trying to connect us to Black... Not connected to Black Panther, but how many lessons they took from Black Panther, including the super cool sister. Because I don't know if she exists in the comics. Oh, right. Yeah, I have no idea. Literally, the main thing I knew about Shang is the connection to, like, the evil father that he broke away from. And in the comics, he has a bunch of connection to... to British intelligence which he clearly does not have here. Kind of a, this is weird to say because he came into being late, way later, but kind of an in-jack, but not a white guy thing going on. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was kind of surprised at how quick they got just right into the action on it. Because it's like 10 minutes in that that fucking, that first bus fight happens. Part of me is and part of me isn't because they really were doing a martial arts superhero movie and martial arts movies don't always take the longest mm-hmm. to be like, this is what you're here for. We know. I still, yeah, that, like I kind of called from the trailer, that bus fight was almost pure, like, 90s Jackie Chan. I fucking loved it. Mm. Bus fight was one of the better fights. I, I just actually, wanted to see Razor Fist get, like, seriously knocked out with a punch to the face so badly, and they never gave it to me. Other than certain aspects of some of the fights later on, I, I actually kind of liked some of the fights at the beginning of the movie better than further on. If you're going for a basic martial arts movie, those fights are much more along the lines. If you're going for a superhero movie, the second half fights. Yes. And I was, oh my God, I was blown away by how much I, how well they did blend the well, mythical. Well, kaiju, basically. Yeah. And it still worked. Fucking HP Lovecraft Dweller and Dark. He would be so mad to see his shit mixed with uh, Asian storylines. 
Yeah. <laughs> so good. Do it more. I was hoping that they were going to more hint at that creature being somehow related to Cathan. The Dweller in Darkness is an existing character. I was curious about that, too. Um, he doesn't get nearly as much attention, and he first appeared in Thor. But I don't know if he's connected to Shang before, or if they were like, you know what would be fucking cool? A kaiju dragon fight? They weren't wrong. Yo, remember when... when Temujin is the name of the character I was trying to think of before. Sorry, the Mandarin's kid. Oh, he named him after Jengus? Yeah. Okay. Of course he did. Look, Stanley knew like four names. Of course he did. I mean, I actually kind of like that, but <laughs> it's also like, uh, <laughs> um, fuck. What was I saying? Uh, you were the giant kaiju monster fights. Surprised how well it blended. Dweller in darkness. Cathan. Yeah, whatever. All right. Wasn't important enough. So the Mandarin himself. Or I guess Wang Wu himself. Okay, yeah, yeah. We can talk about Trevor after this, but if I'm referring to the Mandarin from this point on, you know who I am. Uh, I am. Yeah, Wang about. Wu, leader of the Ten Rings. Which also, I really want to know how was he connected to Afghani terrorists and Iron Man, but we'll get there. I, I want to know what he did to them because he did not like being no, he didn't. Mimicked. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were an offshoot of his thing. Anyways, what did we think of him? Because I know he's been... I've not picked up too much fan stuff, like online responses, but I've picked up some just through fucking osmosis. Mm -hmm. I know he's really popular. Like, people really like, oh, here's another villain that we feel for. But mostly he was just a shitty dad. I mean, he was mostly a shitty dad, but I didn't even think we were going to get that much from him, from, like, the trailers and stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked a lot more straight-ahead evil. And we got to see, like, he reminded me a lot more of um, fucking Wilson Fisk in... In Daredevil? No. No. Oh. In um, fucking the the one that we love, the animated. Oh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things I love, man. <laughs> yeah? The, like, I just want my family back. Mm-hmm. Uh... There had to be some level of mind control. Like, at some point, his brain really had to be like, okay, clearly, now that the Cthulhu monsters are flying out and stealing souls, maybe I was wrong. But he's like, nope, gonna punch it out till my wife comes out. You know, once they show that it's a fucking Cthulhu monster, like, that's fine with me. Like, him stupidly continuing at it just makes sense. It's... They do Don't kind of destroy brains. Yeah. So it's devolving into madness, whatever. Like some people might get mad that like, oh, he should have realized something at some point. Like, no, eh. once you're that far. Sorry. Yeah. Once the tentacle face monsters come out, you're not really in your own faculties. anymore. Yeah. Like, so like, I, yeah, I got that. Some of that shit that like that last fight was where it, like it started to come back a lot for me and stuff. I loved the choreography between them. This movie did do a good job of telling story through fight choreography. Mm -hmm. It kind of, it handholds you through it because it very much intentionally like, look how we're framing the fight between his dad and his mom. Now look at them recreate that exactly with, and like. Look at this moment of the open hand versus the closed fist mm -hmm. from the lovely Michelle Yeoh. I, I'm just, the older I get, the more I love her. It helps that she was a Starfleet captain. 
So it, it holds your hand through that, but good fight choreography does that anyway, especially in martial arts movies or things that heavily involve the use of fight scenes. That's actually one of the reasons why I love Daredevil, uh, the Netflix Daredevil. Mm -hmm. It actually did a really good job of storytelling through fight choreography as well. But That hallway scene. Well, not just that. Just, I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it did have the very, like, I mean, I already said op open hand, closed fist. Mm -hmm. The very kind of cliche of, like, the moment I stop attacking and start just manipulating what they're doing, I have achieved harmony. That's true. But it's also really cool, so I don't... It was weird, though, because that was that was the action we saw. Absolutely, 100% through. Once I start doing this, that's when I turn things back around. But all the dialogue was like, you have to recognize both parts of yourself. It's true, although even... At the end, when he was fighting his dad, he did have, like, and was getting it through, he was not nearly as defensive as his mother was. True. And he does fucking rip the beast into fucking shreds with the he, ten he rings. He does explode things. Like, he, <laughs> there is a level of owning that still. Um, oh, man. I want to watch it again? Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to watch this one. I'm going to watch this one a lot, I think. I'm... Very surprised by how much I ended up liking it, even with, I mean, not even with, like, no, they just did the fucking, the fantastical version of martial arts that well. Like, that's more of how I want to see it in my head. It was a little bit more impactful than what we normally see from just straight wire effects. Mm -hmm. Almost a little grittier, but I'm okay with that. So let's talk the uh, the sister. Uh, I think she's a new character to this, so I apologize for not having her name. It's like Zen Zian Zhu, I think. Uh, let me look up. Uh, oh, how, how could I not think of Googling before I spoke out loud on a recorded thing? Xiaoling? Xiaoling? I think so. She also had a bit of Temujin going on as the person who's like, well, I guess I'm going to take over the Mandarin's territory now. I recognized he was a monster, but I'm still going to, like, keep his empire? Sorry for the big spoiler, but... Right. But I'm, that was not surprising at all. No. She was either going... Like, I figured she was either going to stay at uh, the Magic Village or take over the Mandarin's empire. And honestly, that one makes more sense. Yeah, Shaoling. Shaoling. I like I said, I think it kind of sets up for a version of what we saw in that in that trade that you let me. So, yeah, find out that there's other schools or like other children who are trained in different ways. I'm a sucker for secret societies, so I'll be real curious to see how deep they can go here. If they are going the route of we fucked up with Iron Fist. So let's forget about that and replace it with Shang-Chi. And now we're going to find out more about Ten Rings and other possible things. Just mix it with like the seven capital cities of heaven. I They did talk about there are other cities in this universe. And I was like, Kunlun, Kunlun. Yeah. Go. They're talking about Kunlun. But like mix this in we with the seven capitals. Cobra. Dude. Right? Fat Cobra's fucking sweet. Um, so just anything, Matt Fraction and David Aja. Aja? 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 
A-J-A. I'm sorry, I don't know how it's pronounced. I've only ever read it. Uh, whatever those two make together, go, go read now. It's worth it. Dog Brother 1. Oh, was God, it the, the Bride of... What was it? The Bride the of... The Creepy the, Spider Lady. Yeah. yeah. They, they had a version of her in Iron Fist, and it was bad. And they had a version of Dog Brother 1 in Iron Fist. <laughs> I don't think they had Fat Cobra, oddly enough. They still haven't decided if the Defenders stories count as the MCU. I keep seeing huge theories that... We're going to bring the characters back, but without the... the Baggage of all of those, which... Uh, there's a ton of people that are convinced that Charlie Cox is going to be fucking no Peter Parker's lawyer in No Way Home. Good. Do it. Yeah, I like, I'm down. Iron Fist was bad, but I still don't want them to erase those necessarily out of continuity, because there was a bunch of good shit in those. And it was getting better. Yeah. That second season was way better than the first. And it was setting up, like, if we would have got that third season, it looked like it was going to be fucking killer. And they were setting up for Daughters of the Dragon with, um, with... Oh, right. Misty Knight and, what's her fucking name? Uh, uh, Colleen Wing. Mm-hmm. Dope. Those two are fucking badasses. I think they could find ways to go with it. I think they could... Like I said, let's make it seven capital cities of heaven. Mm-hmm. Plus, I like if you're going to keep with doing a martial arts movie, then martial arts tournament is next, right? Yeah, honestly. Either that or it's working your way up a fucking tower somewhere. <sighs> Even the character, the guy who played Iron Fist wasn't bad. They just gave him bad material to work with. Yeah, I, I don't know not, what is. I like him. He's still not the best choice. I'm not. Yeah. I. Fair enough. I like him, but uh, I don't know. Iron Fist didn't work, but that's why we're talking about Shang-Chi. Which was so good. <laughs> <coughs> the problem is, now that we've seen how martial arts and superheroes can be mixed, we're like, oh, oh, buddy. Right. Oh, it was so cool. Dude, seriously, him, those, this new version of the Ten Rings is so cool. I love him basically being like a fucking kung fu whirlwind. Well, and Mandarin before, if I remember right, each ring had a different power. So there was like a mind control ring, a mm. laser blast ring, a fucking what? This is so much. They just like attached to his arms and he can use them as kind of like cool, almost like Ivy from Soul Calibur weapons and like explode Although, shit and jump and. Yeah. They kind of seem to be at least partially mind controlled. Apparently they let you live for a thousand years. I'm cool with that. Because I want more Shang-Chi. <laughs> Give me all the Shang-Chi for a thousand years. I might track down Kim's convenience after watching mm. this, because it's the only other thing we've seen in Leo. Uh, literally, the only thing I'd ever seen him in before is the only food YouTuber that I watch. Uh, he used to do... He helped found Watcher Media. He used to do um, Worth It, and now he does Dish Granted. Okay. He is friends with Simu Liu, and they were like, we're going to be roommates. And he's like, I got hired to do Shang-Chi, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, but he went on that, and I was like, wow, dude. I know you had already been, like, acting on TV, but fuck, that's a step up from, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to be rooming with a YouTube food blogger 
and now I'm doing a fucking Marvel A-list movie. Very slightly unrelated, but still MCU. Uh, I hadn't watched that Eternals trailer yet. I had, but only on my tiny ass phone. I'm a lot more excited for that movie now. I kind of knew still that still might movie be a was fucking. Be. It still might. It's gonna be good, or it's gonna be fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Or it's gonna be the Eternals, and it's just gonna be kind of forgettable. But uh, no matter what, it's gonna be fucking gorgeous. It yeah, that trailer looked all of the gorgeous. I'm here for Dane Whitman. You know, go listen to my or our word balloons episode. No, our New Island episode on the Black Knight. You will hear how much I really like the Black Knight for the hot fucking mess of a character that he is. I wonder if they allow him to be such a fucking mess, or if he's simply going to be the audience viewpoint character when you're having to hang out with a shit ton of Eternals. If they don't make him a giant fucking mess, it's not going to work. He's who you have on your team if you can't get Captain America and you're willing to deal with someone having eternal mental breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. You're all like, oh, Dane, I love you, buddy, but you need to, like, fucking go to therapy for, like, 20 minutes. And that does kind of tie back in because super spoilers, mid credit scene might imply that the rings are Eternals tech and it might just be the way that they were looking at them. It's hard to tell. That would be cool though. I'm, I'm more and more excited for this new like generation of Marvel movies of black widow. Fuck. Yeah. I'm glad she finally got her movie and stuff, but give me those weird ass C list characters that, I mean, it's Shang fucking Chi. Well, and I think to a certain extent for the first, whatever it is, three phases Mm -hmm. throughout the Infinity Saga. Yeah. To a certain extent, we kind of knew what we were going to end up getting. Yeah, because I've been reading Thor since I was a kid. I don't know what they're building towards now, necessarily. Like, Kang's involved. Kang's involved. There's been hints of Secret Invasion, although that's happening as a TV show now, so who fucking knows there. Secret Wars is still always on the table. Secret Wars, uh, because they're setting up for, like, parallel realities would still be my biggest guess. But, fucking, we could be having Avengers forever, which is a weird timeline Kurt Busiek series, although there's a new one that's pretty much multiverse because a multiversal team of the justice league or the Avengers is really hot in comics right now. Mm -hmm. But I don't have, I guess secret wars is my guess, but but some of these, like some of these puzzle pieces that we know are coming into play. I don't know how they're going to fit. What the fuck is blade going to do? It is a version of secret wars that is so different than Jonathan Hickman's weirdo crossover (laughs) sort of masterpiece, but sort of like, the main storyline was weird and hard to follow. The, the spinoffs, some of them are fantastic and some of the favorite shit I've read recently. It is a masterpiece of the crossover event comic because it's gorgeous, it's really dumb, and most of it doesn't make any sense, but it sounds really cool when you're reading it. Yes. And some of the offshoots are the weirdest fucking cool things that you've ever read. Dude, Thor's? Thor's. Uh, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows led to one of my favorite Spider-Man series I've ever read. Uh, d- fucking The Runaways one was pretty good. Um, I mean, I loved the uh, the Old Man Logan spinoff that started there. Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies? It's mm. gotta be bad, but I actually kind of want to read it. Ghost Riders was fucking dope. Ghost Riders was pretty sweet. 
That was, yeah. Uh, Squadron Sinister was sick. Oh, Weird World was fucking amazing. Ooh. It's about Archon, the, like, Conan, but has lightning bolts. Okay. It's so good. <laughs> I don't even, I can't even explain it. It's just read it. Yeah, I guess I don't know what they're building towards anymore. What the fuck are they going to do with the Ten Rings? Wong was really interested in the fact that Shang-Chi had the fucking I like Ten Rings. Wong. I love that Wong fucking just goes and does prize fights Wong on the side. Wong does Wong stuff on it with the fucking abomination and, like, brings him out of prison? Yeah. He's like, come on, let's go practice. Like, why is Wong kidnapping Hulk villains to, like, redeem them through black, dark web fight clubs. Um, <laughs> that fight club, I'm not gonna lie, like, just the idea behind that fight club was fucking dope. When you pointed out that that was a fucking widow fighting... An extremist guy? Yeah. This movie did so much to acknowledge that Iron Man 3 existed in ways that was cool, despite the fact that it was Iron Man 3, which was... I mean, kiss, kiss, clang, clang. It was fun. It was a Shane Black flick. It felt like a Shane Black flick. It was fine. That is the best. The kind of grudging fine is the <laughs> best I'm willing to give that one. I felt like it was, I wanted to like two a lot more than I ended up doing, and I felt like it was a step up over two. I liked two, but I also, like, looking back on it, I'm like, okay, I see what people are saying now. Yeah, I, it tried. It too tried. <laughs> Who tried really Well, I mean, John Favreau wasn't happy with two either. Yeah. Um, I, Mickey Rourke is whiplash, dude. It's fucking hilarious. I'll stand by that one. So good. He looked good whipping those whips around. Right? It's whiplash. There's only so much you can do with whiplash. Much like... Speaking of whipping shit around, though, I'm also a huge fucking fan of whenever a rope dart's used extensively. I love rope darts. I love rope darts. Uh, that does tie into... One of my only... I have two critiques of this movie. Mm -hmm. One, the dragon scale shit was fun. The dragon scale weapons looked pretty good. The dragon scale armor, armor shit looked they were wearing... terrible. It looked like plastic. Yes. The armor looked terrible. The weapons looked good. My biggest gripe was also with the dragon scale shit. Uh, mostly that it was super inconsistent on the weapons. Like, you could hit somebody with the dragon scale weapon and knock them 20 foot away... But or when you they, could just. But when they block your weapon with a gun, you don't knock it fifty fucking feet out of their hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turns out magic weapons are always kind of inconsistent. It's better than the stupid fucking bowcasters. The bowcasters had fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, the Mandarin's army that was a bunch of white boys in a armor that was a mix of like. I think it was white boys, at least. A, a few seemed, of them were. I looked, during a couple scenes, I was kind of curious myself. Uh, it seemed to be rather mixed. Okay. but where I'm not a, positive on that, but the couple scenes I, I kind of looked, I was like. A mix of, like, almost tactical SWAT gear with, like, ancient Chinese armor. It didn't work. It did not work at all. It looked silly. New Mandarin lady, please, please fucking update everything beyond just we let women fight now it did look like she'd already started update shit i kind of liked like the fusion look that was already happening to the base that was fucking cool old style base but then they were already fucking tagging it with their graffiti and shit mm -hmm. and, uh that was pretty fucking dope 
every all of the costumes need a makeover. The idea was right. There were moments even where the dragon armor, like Shang-Chi, looked kind of good. It never looked like that was made of dragon scale, but... The best the dragon scales looked was the fucking, the the gate, the... The gate looked pretty good. Although, now, here's the thing. The end was kind of a CG fest. I didn't mind. The CG in this movie is actually really fucking there good. There was one moment, and I don't remember what it was, that pulled me entirely out of it. Mm. But it was early on in the movie. And then the rest was pretty solid. The dragons looked fucking gorgeous. On Shang-Chi's costume, I just think they tried too hard. Mm. Shang-Chi does not need cool dragon hide Marvel armor. I mean, the original costume was Kung Fu pants and a headband. Like, we need to do a little better than Liu Kang, but he can wear almost civvies and have it work. My favorite costume of his is a tracksuit. I understand the want to give a reason right there on screen why he can take some of the shots he ends up taking. But he's already been taking those shots. Exactly. And, like, with all the emphasis previously in the movie on just, like, having the heart of the dragon, this is what you can do when you've been taught the ways of martial arts from the gods themselves and all the people have been punching me in the chest since I was seven. Like, like I kind of just wanted it to be, he has that moment with the dragon in the water and it awakens something in himself. Yeah. I'll give you that. That's fine. It doesn't need to be a really, really bad looking costume. Sorry, I did not like it's it. It's not the worst superhero costuming I've ever seen. It's the worst I've seen from Marvel in a while. Yes. I'm trying to think which ones I liked worse. I will still never forgive them for how... One of the Thors. <laughs> Thor 2? Probably. Because it's uh, layering Christopher Eccleston in all of that elf makeup to the point that I couldn't tell it was Christopher Eccleston. Right. There it was that. Though... But I, I was just thinking of like outfits. Shelves, but I was just trying to think like superhero outfits. The first Thor movie, the Warriors Three, did Ooh. not. Their armor didn't sit in a mm-hmm. way that looked like armor. That's about it. I still think I like Guardians better than this movie. Like I'm, I said mm. I wasn't going to rank it, but I'm automatically just ranking in my head. I think Thor Ragnarok still beats it. I think Guardians still beats it. I don't know where it sits versus Black Panther yet. I would agree for me that those other two beat it, but that they're different enough that I would put them on at different times anyway. Yes. Like one is not going to beat out the other one to like get my attention. It's going to be what mood am I in? I very much agree. And that's kind of true of most of my top half of Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. I think it's somewhere around Black Panther. I think it beats Captain Marvel. It definitely beats all the Thors that's not Thor Ragnarok. It's, I don't know on the Cap movies yet. I actually really like the Cap trilogy. The third one had its flaws, but. I really like, I have to rewatch those. It's been too long, especially that first one. First, I did rewatch I, the first Iron Man recently, so maybe I'll just re-go through some of those older Marvels again yeah, anyway. Yeah, don't go through all of them. No, no. Just like, pick the... I'm not doing 30 fucking movies anymore. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> but there are some of them I would like to have fresher than they are right yeah. now in my head. Well, and Cece and I have some catching up to do, so I might put on a few that she hasn't seen from the earlier ones just to... 
Uh, yeah, um, there's a couple of those that um, I think Margaret would actually like that we have. Well, cause she, uh, there was some that I thought were iffy and we went and saw them in the theaters and she ended up really liking them like Dr. Strange. I think this is better than Dr. Strange, but I do enjoy Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. This has the, advantage. I'm going to rank this one over Dr. Strange. I love the Dormammu bit at the end, but overall this one takes it. Yeah. Uh, Caseus or whatever that villain's name was, was not terribly compelling despite having a great actor and um, strange getting that good at magic that fast literally broke the movie for me. I mean, if you want to hear that, just go listen to our new Byland doctor. Apparently I just think you should go listen to new Byland, but I mean, we've talked about a lot of magic stuff over there. Fucking hell. A lot of now I'm being like, do we need to put Shang-Chi in there? No, we don't, but maybe his dad, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I Like I said, I don't know where this phase is going anymore. I don't know where they're working towards, and I'm excited for it. This is the first one I've seen in theaters since Captain Marvel. And before that, I think it was Thor Ragnarok. Like, it is... Or, no, I saw Black Panther. I think that whichever one of those came out in whichever order. So, this has me wanting to take my wife to see this movie at some point. And this has me wanting to go see Eternals in theaters. So, right? Apparently, like, I'm looking at superhero movies in theaters again, which has not been true in a couple of years. Yeah, Eternals is going to be so fucking pretty. If nothing else, it's like, going to be pretty. It's going to be really pretty. I remember what I was going to say 30 minutes ago. Mm. Remember how, like, one of the coolest parts of fucking King Kong was the artwork depicting everything that happened? Dude, the fucking wood carving of all the Cthulhu beasts was dope. But one, really fucking dark. That oh Jesus Christ, dark. But one that tells the story better than most. Like, come look at this like ancient art that will show us the history of our people. Mm-hmm. Two, I don't think that was actually significantly cheaper than just telling the story with the amount of like work that seemed to go into it. Yeah. It might have been CGI, but that was some really like even realistic if it's CGI. That's a lot to model. Yeah, and it looked good. It looked really good. Um, and if that was actual wood carving, even better. Buy that guy a house. Yeah, I wonder who has that. If it was a real, I mean, it was hang prob- that up in Disney somewhere. <laughs> okay, they better. <laughs> it was good enough that I found myself trying to figure out how they did it. Mm-hmm. It's probably foam or something, but even then I'm still impressed. Yeah. Oh, almost <laughs> more impressed. <laughs> yeah. I. Oh if you God. make it look that wooden, I think I'm more impressed. Jesus Christ. This movie was so pretty. I don't have anything to say about Michelle Yeoh. I just want to mention her again because she was fun in this. Um, we, you had brought up um, uh, Shang-Chi's fought Wenwu and stuff and people really liking him apparently. Like I said, I I thought he was deeper than than what we were gonna get. He wasn't Killmonger, but he certainly wasn't fucking Ronan. But I was excited every second he was on screen because I do really like Tony Leung. Oh um, yeah, okay. I was I wanted <sighs> there was one other movie that I thought he was in, but he wasn't. But I wanted to he's uh Did you ever watch Red Cliff? No. 
It's Dynasty Warriors the movie. It's based off of the romance of the Three Kingdoms. My wife is playing Dynasty Warriors Zelda, and she gets so angry at the fucking... <laughs> it's adorable. She would hate it if I said that. And so he was Zhou Yu in Redcliffe, and I thought Redcliffe was fucking astounding, but he was oh, he also played um, Ip Man in The Grandmaster, which was really good, but the... Oh, the I forgot there was an Ip Man movie that's not in the Ip Man series. But when you were bringing up Crouching Tiger earlier, uh, around that same time period, I think a couple years later, <clears throat> there was a movie that was put out that I enjoyed in spite of the wire effects even more, and that was Hero. And he was also, I believe, Broken Sword in Hero. I think that's his character's name. Hero's so fucking good. I think I... Is that Jet... Mm-hmm. I've seen it, Gently and totally but wrong. it was a long time ago, and I was super high, if we're being honest. So I remember that I have good thoughts about it. And I haven't watched it yet. It's on my watch list. He's in Infernal Affairs, which was the movie that was remade by Scorsese as The Departed. Did not know that was a remake of Yep, something. that's a remake. That's super cool. Okay. So, like, whenever he... I was just like, oh, Tony Elung. <laughs> oh, cool. He's, yeah, fantastic actor. If people are jumping on to like him, I'd say it's probably because he gives a good performance. Mm-hmm. I Like you said, though, I think he's mostly just a shit dad in this. But at a certain point, he's kind of mind-controlled. Yeah. Or I, at least I'm willing to buy that he's mind-controlled. So, I, th- I think it's really interesting that we do see both sides of him and that on some level both sides can kind of be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respect... The idea that, you know, your relationship with your abusive parent is your own and how you respond. Like, one thing I don't think we always discuss great as a society now that we're kind of talking about abuse more is that you can still have a lot of affection for an apparent even though they had abusive behaviors to mm-hmm. you. Or, you know, trained you to be an assassin from 7 to 14. It's right there. Uh... So I can respect that they were like, you were a shit dad, but like, also, I, like. You weren't always a shit dad. Yes, and I'm sad about parts of this, and like, I'm kind of letting you go, and letting go of the anger at the same time. But God, I respect how much that they took the time, because they treat him very sympathetically in a lot of cases, to have Aquafina be like, you realize how messed up that was, right? Yeah. Like everything you've told me, you know that's crazy. Because someone needed to, I was, wish they had called that out a little more, is my thing. But I did love that moment though, because I mean, a lot of things you don't ever get that moment. Mm-hmm. People all don't stop to be like, by the way, this is all fucking insane. And she got to do it a couple of times. And there were a few moments. Or I was like, you guys live in the Marvel world. The shit they're telling you isn't that crazy on the scale of stuff. But I also get that, like, it's one thing to be like, all right, there's space aliens and whatever, and Captain America, super soldier exists. But it's another to think that your friends who are valets are just fucking with you. Yeah. Like, because I had had someone, I don't remember who, was like, how did they find this so hard to believe? I'm like, it's still pretty wild. 
Yeah. I don't care if aliens appear tomorrow. If the next day my friend shows up with a tinfoil hat, I'm still going to have trouble taking him seriously. I agree. You have to have time to adjust. <laughs> you have a tinfoil hat around your motherfucker, don't you? <laughs> no, I don't. Not yet. No. <laughs> I would have to watch it more times to have anything else to say about it right yep. now. Yeah, we will have thoughts later. I wanted to get our... The reason we did this episode was we wanted to get just our immediate visceral emotion. And admittedly, most of that is just... Oh, yeah! Go fucking watch it again! Go watch it! Which, I had that exact same emotion the last time we did something like this and watched uh, Birds of Prey. And I still insist that you should go watch that again, so... Do I it. mean, with that in mind, are we going to end off with recommendations? I have two recommendations for you. All right, let's you. do it. Both of them are going to tie into this movie, because why the fuck not? One, the Shang-Chi by Jean Len Yang series that I mentioned, that we've both mentioned here, because it's very good. If you enjoyed this, this is going to be your best intro to Shang-Chi, whose comic appearances are admittedly uneven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two is Iron Man Enter the Mandarin. And I do not remember the creator's names, but it's fucking gorgeous. It came out. It probably came out around the time of Iron Man 3. It's been out for a while. Okay. But it was at a time where it was pretty popular for Marvel to like update some of their original stories, but still keep some of that old school 60s, 70s Marvel feel. Mm-hmm. It is kind of the it, it is definitely the yellow peril version of the mandarin like they updated him to make him significantly less problematic but, but he's still the fu manchu stereotype gotcha but the series is pretty cool the mandarin's pretty cool on it he's no longer a we're obviously talking about communism as a scare word that all of the early stanley iron man stories were and it's just gorgeous all right, my recommendation. Oh, I thought I had one, but I don't want to go. Like, I don't. Uh, it's a completely different style of martial art. I'm going to go with uh, the, I think it's 1976, Jackie Chan's Drunken Master. I watched it as a kid and didn't like it, but I was expecting, like, Shanghai Noon or Rush Hour, because those are the only Jackie Chan I've mm-hmm. seen. Uh, I've been meaning to go back for years. Now, this is not to be confused with 1994's The Legend of Drunken Master. Which is also Jackie Chan. Exactly. This is his second starring role. So super young Jackie, who pretty much only has like an eight pack. As opposed to the like 84 pack that he develops later on in life. (laughs) Big old 70s hair. Yeah, I saw the later one. And... He, okay, oh God, what's the name of the character? I feel like you've recommended this before on this podcast. Did I recommend it before? That's fine. I've done that. If I recommended it before, then let's fuck it. Let's switch it up. Because that one scene reminded me of it, I'm going to recommend Ong Bak 1 and 2. Uh, Tony Jaa's fucking uh, martial arts arts masterpieces, basically. Uh, Those are Muay Thai rather than like Kung Fu and stuff. But like I said, the, the fucking... The cage fight is very reminiscent of Ong Bak One. Now, Ong Bak One follows a villager who's sent to the big city in search of the stolen head from their statue of the village's local god. And they're like in the middle of the drought and hoping that this might turn things around for them because. 
this is a village that has just enough money to send him to the city. <laughs> but he's a Muay Thai master and tracks down the, you know, he goes to track down the, the head. Uh, the second one is a prequel set like 1,400 years before where Tony Jaa is... What? I did not know that <laughs> at all. Is a um, son of a noble who is sold into slavery after his father is betrayed and gets freed and taken in by a band of... Um, Thieves that teach him to be like a walking warrior king weapon. People have been trying to get me to watch these Ong Bak movies for years, and never once have they bothered to tell me about everything you just said. Uh, number one is focused around Muay Thai, and number two, he goes through a bunch of shit. Like the whole idea of the the thieves camp is like they have people from all over, and so they're going to teach him everything. Hell yeah! And you get to see actually a more not a comedic version, but a more actual, like, fighty-type version of drunken, drunken boxing, which is kind of interesting. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's one of the most insane martial arts movies I've ever seen. There is a third one. I kind of only recommend it if, it's, if you're a completionist. It's a much, much different movie because Tony Jaa actually became a Buddhist monk for, like, two years. <laughs> So the messages he was telling were a little different. And then made that movie afterwards, after he decided to leave being a monk. Oh. And so oh. it's more like two-thirds Buddhist allegories, and then like a sixth plot, and another sixth fighty. <laughs> okay. Now I just kind of want to watch the trilogy for the experience. Thank you for actually like finally telling me. Because people are usually like, yeah, Muay Thai. I'm like, that's... Cool. But um, no, weird time travel shenanigans, basically. Yeah. Not actually time travel shenanigans, but. And I'm I'm big fans of those movies. I'm not 100% sure. It's been a while since I looked into it, and I don't know enough of the differences to be 100% sure anyway. But I'm pretty sure, technically, even though the first Ong Bak is Ong Bak Muay Thai Warrior, he's actually using an older form that's getting harder and harder to find people that actually teach it. Because you can't make money on it. Mm. Because it was the war form. And that, that doesn't really come up a whole lot anymore. Right. You don't use Muay Thai. And, or I believe the other version is Muay Baran in warfare. Or you don't use it in sport because it kills people. But Muay Thai you can use in sport and make money off of. Fair. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Next week, next time, I'm getting better. Next time, we'll be entering into a two-parter with uh, the first one being season one of Miracle Workers with Daniel Radcliffe and part two being season two of Miracle Workers because they are complete standalone stories. Uh, they are available on HBO Max. Very excited. I really liked these. Yeah, I'm excited to rewatch them. I've watched them pretty recently, but I want to get them fresh. They're again, so, so different than what we just did. So, so very different. Uh, this time I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is ran on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. 
Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends. We always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.